Welcome to VCR. I'm Bada. I'm Carlo. And today we're going to be reviewing B movies and talking and discussing about what exactly is a B movie. Uh, beyond the idea of the go-to definition, which I, I don't know if this is Merriam-Webster's or anything, but the B is supposedly stands for bad. Just the idea of just a catch-all for these movies are not good movies. Um, that is the only description of them, which is a really hollow definition. It really is. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's somewhat appropriate and it's somewhat not because they will have really horrible that, that are definitely horrible that I guess the studio just needs to waste the budget or someone thought it was great and uh, ran with it. <laughs> they hired all the wrong people to act in it. But sometimes every now and then you find a gem that's just, I mean, maybe it's so bad it makes you laugh, or maybe it's so bad it cheers you up, or maybe it's just the perfect amount of silly that that you can't live without. You know, in some cases you find a gem, and you know I have examples of a couple gems. Me too. But I, I find a lot of them. It's it's not even a, it's not like it's odd to find a gem. The I I think what the 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 trappings of the B movie have become bad acting and kind of like people just kind of phoning it in and mm-hmm. poor special effects and everything. But really, all that is just the trappings of having a lower budget. But a lot of directors, like there was like this agent age of um, of direct of auteur directors, all of them just did that instead of film school. There's all the film school people that became like second second ads and directors occasionally. But for the most part, the ones that become these auteur directors, like, oh, it's got that director's name on it. Yeah. They all, instead of going to just going to school for it, made their bones, as it were. So that's always, to me, what is a, a B-movie, is someone who's either signing up to have a low budget, sometimes unfocused or silly, or even in a, in a way revolutionary, like I'm trying to do something different with, with mm-hmm. my storytelling in movies. And there are a lot of misses, I think usually because it's from a studio that doesn't care and they're using less money, so they're like, it doesn't matter, just turn something out. Yeah. Or people really care, but don't have money, and have to either improvise or tell a, new, tell a story in a different way to keep it compelling. And I think that, so that's kind of the two sides, in my mind, the two sides of the, of the B-movie, because personally, all my favorite B-movies, almost all my favorite B-movies, a list of some of my favorite directors... I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Like for me, um, director really doesn't have much to do with it for me. If it's a B movie and I'm just sitting there, I'm like, oh my God, this totally lives up to the name. I will actually sit there and be gracious and watch it for a little bit till I just walk away. But then every now and then there, it's like I said, there's that gem where like, this is so bad. I cannot stop watching and yeah. what kills me is sometimes some of my favorite actors are in it. Every now and then, like uh, a lot of the B movies I tend to like, I kid you not. We can, I think we can both agree because we've sat through enough of them together. Uh, some of the Hammer films were low budget Absolutely. B yeah. movies. That m- low budget B movies where they may have actually have shared the set for a possible porn that either ended or was going to spin off of that. <laughs> they, they did look that they, way. They were I, very, they, there is always that oblivious uh, little, uh, oh my God, we're going down to the basement, all these female vampires <laughs> pop up and they're naked and they start making out with each other. I was like, I don't know how to feel about this. Like, <laughs> If you're the guy who's there to kill Dracula and this happens, it's like, 
oh, I'm so confused as to what I want to <laughs> do right now. <laughs> I, wa I want to stab him with something, but it just might not be this steak. Yeah, so a lot of the Hammer films, I mean, are, are B, if you ask me. Uh, and they, oh, no, they absolutely. Were, yeah, they, the intention. The, the, like one of the, like the, it's become known B for bad, but originally it was, it was the second movie. In the 50s, the B movie was the, like, you go to see this movie with this name actor or mm -hmm. a movie that's being a revival or something. But here's the movie you're here to see, but they're not going to make you pay, like, what, 50 cents for a movie? I don't know what the, what the price was at the time, but mm -hmm. you can't watch just one movie for that price. That'd be ridiculous. I love if they brought this shit back. Here's a whole other movie you can totally stay and watch for free. Just come and see the, the B movie, the second movie. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, so it was something they would, they would get that no one would be angry if they were selling. Sort of like the Alamo Draft Houses and some of the other, uh, yeah. I'm going to say less reputable movie places that serve food. They have these ide this, this idea where they'll show the real movies during the day and then they'll have like the midnight movies and the, the, uh, this other movie where they're showing something that no one is going to come down on them for not selling the tickets. Mm-hmm. Which means, no, totally. you know, they're, they're less, they, they aren't seen, by, they're not bank, uh, considered hits by huge uh, mega studios that need to be like, I need, a, I need $4 million or we wasted our time. It's like, well, this is because you wasted a lot of money on big name actors and promotion with the most, the, the most my most hated thing in mm -hmm. film is promotions, like telling me to go see your movie. Yeah. That. <laughs> but like all like licensing for music and everything, instead of all of that, like, well, let's just make a movie because we want to make a movie. Those people got to make the B movies. And Hammer mm -hmm. was, yeah, Hammer films Hammer were absolutely one, that. And, you know, Hammer really took off from that because then they just, they start cranking them out like nothing. You know, like uh, Satanic Ride of Dracula, or what's also known as the Brides of Dracula, Return of Dracula, you know, Dracula versus mm -hmm. whatever. I, I have some of their other stuff, like the Curse of Medusa. Oh, what was the other horrible one that they did? They, they just did the Frank, their version of Frankenstein. I love their Frankenstein kills, you know? Yeah. Just a shitty title with a shitty movie. But it worked, and it was entertaining and enjoyable. So I think we have to bring up, the the guy who they call king of the bees because we reviewed so many of his movies but he's always resented it is roger corman yeah he, and i get yeah. why he does i i, I get it because yeah. it, okay because the idea came up with like i mentioned earlier that it, it came to mean bad movies but he's like no i just made them cheaply and quickly and they're not yeah. inherently bad some of them are fantastic and a lot of them like live on in one form or another or like in that same way of like was the in the same way as like where some directors cut their teeth a lot of like uh, actors cut their teeth there. People that were like, here's a great actor that people aren't hiring right now. Should he just not be in movies? I don't uh, should, should an actor stop making movies because they're not currently the most popular? The flavor of the month, yeah. Exactly. And, so and Roger Corman, we have to give him credit. This man launched a lot of people's careers. And not just that, he holds a lot of franchise names because he was the original man who started it. Like, uh, for example, did you know Fast and Furious? Roger Corman, yeah. back in the day, did that. And he, I think he owned the rights to it. So I think they have to pay him out a little something every time they create another one, you know? So back then and now, he launched Pamela Greer's career, who she was known as Foxy Brown, black exploitation movies. Ron Howard's directing career was launched through 
good old Roger Corman. Jack Nicholson's career was launched through Roger Corman when he created um, Little Shop of Horrors. That was his first acting role. And so many others just get launched by Roger Corman. And I I get it. You know, he he does resent being called a B-movie because I think part of the stigma with B-movies is that you lose money. It never becomes a big, big moneymaker. And his argument was... Well, he's never, he didn't lose money. Yeah, he never lost money. His thing is he gained money. And, and he, that was one of the things he was very proud of is that his movies never lost money. Well, yeah. And I was like, bravo. I mean... That's, but that's the a, dream. I, made, I make enough money to make two more movies. Yes. I can make one movie and risk every single thing, like every studio, like the studios do. To this day, like if this movie doesn't make enough money, we have to sell our, We have to sell to Disney, I guess, because we this one movie wasn't a huge success. Yeah, was not. It was a huge success, but did not make enough money quickly enough for us to consider it a success. Yeah, exactly. like well, I've made enough. To, I can either make one big movie or I can make five more movies. I'm gonna make five more movies. Each mm. one making enough for five movies because he was he didn't waste money. Yeah, and all, are all of them going to be like? Is every single one gonna be like part of the zeitgeist and change cinema? No. However. A lot of them did. It, it's a yeah. little bit of a shotgun effect. Like if, if just spray, if I make a excuse me, if I make a hundred movies and I genuinely put effort into them, maybe only one or two will like live forever. But one or two are gonna live forever. Yeah. And that is better than the like huge studios like, oh yeah, we made this big, huge movie. We made the biggest movie of all time. One. And yeah. so and to and a lot of them today, I, I absolutely believe things like the Avengers. 30 years from now, people will still talk about it. But there are plenty of movies that were the biggest film of the time 30 years ago that most people now wouldn't even care to see. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. So, but you do kind of have to know a lot of those B movies. A lot. Well, you really do. Performance movies. A lot of them, you have to know Hammer movies. I would say, I want to add to that same list a little more recent, probably the last 30 years um, uh, Lloyd Kaufman and Troma. Who, who kind of became the uh, the scion of that type of filmmaking. I want to make a movie. I don't care if I don't have big name actors. I don't care if I don't have uh, locations and special good special effects or any of that. You know what? I'm going to embrace it. He is, I, I don't say he's exactly, like Roger Corman was a little like, I'm trying to make art. Lloyd Kaufman's fucking like, his, they're, they're uh, part of like the, they're, almost their rallying cry is like, we're going to make art. It doesn't yeah. have to be art that is polite, kind, classy, respectable it doesn't have to be any of those things you want to tell a story and your trauma is going to tell it they will make anything they eventually became mostly about like slime and stuff but uh <laughs> kaufman worked worked for uh, corman grew up with that same idea he was he was the young punk kid on those sets that were like hey whatever as long as we get to make movies i'm happy he was that kid and then when he was making movies uh the kid that was working for him now he's like, all right, we need someone to be in the uh, giant rubber uh, gorilla suit that uh, attacks the cheerleaders. Who's going to do it? This one little punk-ass kid was like, I'll do it. Like, we need someone, okay, you got to run across the screen with your dick out. Who's going to do it? I'll do it. We need one. Okay, you know what? You're a good kid. You're going to direct this next one. Oh, Thanks. wait a minute. You, James Gunn. You, you should be asked to do that? Well, you should make money. If you could, well, if you do it well, you should, you should get paid for it. Damn. <laughs> I didn't know. But the kid, the kid that for, for Lloyd Kaufman was James Gunn, who he did the he's uh he did the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like and he 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 uh because he came from that school of kind of being nasty and loud so that you're noticed, 
uh, he caused a lot. Of, he he got into a lot of trouble from the from uh, from people who had a good point. This is a despicable joke, which he admits is a despicable joke. Absolutely, which is why he was like, also, I haven't made jokes like that for fifteen years. I, I stopped. That was part of what was acceptable at the time. Times change. I admit that. I know that, and I'm and, and that's a, a past me. But there was still anger from the joke, uh, so he got kicked off of the Disney movies. Hmm. And then everyone rallied behind him, and he got put back on the Disney movies. Yeah, just doing a different flavor of it, you know. No, I mean, he, no, he's going back for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he's yeah, not exactly. They're like, nope, never mind. He's back in. We're we're not cutting him out. And then he got they did the second one. But I think he is from that same school of what was considered bad movies, cheaply made, quickly made. But that's how he learned how. That's where he learned the shorthand. That was his film school. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to learn it somewhere. And if, if you have the opportunity to learn it from like a master like Corman or yeah. any of his protégés, that's just as good. And, you know, even though Corman does, I'm going to get back to Corman real quick. Yeah, yeah. Even though Corman does resent the, the term King of the Bees, I hope he at least somewhat appreciates the fact you know, he's totally responsible for creating that genre, I, I think, you know, and, and bringing life to it. So even though he may not like it, I think he needs to, you know, you got to give him, you still got to give him amazing credit. It's kind of like being Harrison Ford and his, his issue with playing Han Solo. He hated it, but, you know, can't totally laugh at your bread and butter there, you know. But seeing that we've kind of had our little uh, debate on B-movies, and our little short renditions of blah 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 let's, on. yeah absolutely let's we were because we're good at ranting because we're yeah. like old men we just sit on a porch and rant so now that we've discussed our little rants and raves and us being old men ranting and raving let's do our audience a favor especially for those who have never ever been exposed mm -hmm. to b movies or you think you've never been exposed to b movies let's give them a couple of titles that they may want to start with do you want to start mm -hmm. off or should i start off I'm going to cheat because a lot of my personal favorite B-movies people wouldn't think of as B-movies. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll start with one of my favorites. Bunch of kids growing up, I believe, in Michigan. Uh, wanted to make movies. They just they met as kids. They started making home movies however they could. I believe separately. Then they, uh, uh, they ended up, well, you're the actor. You're the director. You're the writer. You like playing with goops. You're, you're going to do special effects. We're all going to get together. I'll bring my goofy little brother with me and I'll... I'll make him dress up as a woman and come screaming out of the closet of all the time. It'll be great. And they, they made these movies. They would get in trouble for like throwing a, a, a dummy off of a, a, a overpass in their, in their uh, neighborhood. Mm -hmm. The cops would go like, hey, that looked pretty good. Like we got a call. Someone was throwing a body over a, the overpass. I knew it was you kids. The knees didn't go both ways anymore. That was really good. They were like, yeah, we we're working on it. And they kept, and they, this is what they would do for years and years around college time. They were able to gather up enough money by like getting a, like a, I think one of them had like a, a friend that was a dentist gave him a couple hundred dollars and they got like a, a small little baby budget. They borrowed uh, okay. some cameras. They went out to a cabin in the woods. They poured caro syrup all over Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi beat him with a stick basically for, uh, for like a couple of weeks. They filmed it and they made the evil dead. It is personally not my favorite of, of the evil dead movies, but it was a schlocky, over the top, throw blood and guts everywhere, uh, screaming, and maybe we might get to see some titties, guys. We'll we'll see 
slaughter fest with like hammy acting and i don't not to not to say but Bruce Campbell did badly at all that's the genre like the b movie as a genre not necessarily b as in like it is bad just the trappings of b absolutely falls into that and it was for rob tappard and sam raimi and bruce campbell and like everyone there and i believe the guys who i don't remember if they were the guys who ended up being a uh, the special effects group but but it, they, they that movie was there this is how we learned to make a movie this is how we learned the uh we put together all of the lessons we watched from a same sam raimi i believe put it everything i saw in old west movies and three stooges hmm. put into a horror movie <laughs> that's brilliant that's brilliant <laughs> he just has this one card that appears in every movie he's ever made cool i did not know yeah. that yeah but it that that is by every definition, it is a B movie. Uh, it is still sometimes shown in uh, in like at midnight movie theaters, uh, deservedly so. It is over the top. It is schlocky, hammy acting, blood and guts everywhere, and you might see some titties. And I think if not, if B doesn't stand for a boob, it should. Yeah, they, <laughs> well, in some of these movies, definitely because, like I said, they look like they were just either they they borrowed the location from a porn set or a porn set borrowed the location from them but they're yeah. definitely working with some adult entertainers there yeah. uh, I would, and in some I cases make a movie, that's where i would look you know in some cases some of the women that they did get in these movies <clears throat> were adult film actresses so that's that not uncommon in, back in these b movie era type days mm. but if i was going to recommend uh, a good one to start off with. Your your recommendation of Evil Dead is a good one. I'm going to start off uh, a little bit more classic than that. I am going to first off say, if you have the ability to get your hands on some Hammer films, I swear to God, any of the Hammer films. I think yeah. Satanic Ride of Dracula was great. Uh, like I said, Frankenstein Kills is a great one. The Curse of Medusa was pretty pretty cheesy but it, it was good it was totally worth it oh there, there's just so many of them that sadly even though they were shit films starred some of the most brilliant actors like uh, i i couldn't like peter cushing who if you're not familiar with him you should be he is famous for being one of the first very popular and recognizable sherlock holmes and of course he was in star wars and it was just he was an amazing actor and then you have christopher lee who made one of the more i next to bella lugosi had one of the more iconic draculas wicked porn stash for a few of them too but then you also had the you know he was in the Lord of the Rings series. And he's done right. so much and his voice is so great. Legend of Sleepy Hollow, everything. But he did a lot of the Hammer films. And a uh, heavy metal artist. Yes. I, you know, just totally blew your mind. Yeah. You know, he's, he's just an amazing, an amazing uh, guy. Wicker Man, the original, he was in that. That was a total B movie and a total porn movie oh, yeah. right there. The original one. So if you want to start with, with, a good B movie. I recommend any of the Hammer films. You can't go wrong with any of them as to your introduction into B movies. And then if you want to upgrade into just like what is a horrible B movie to watch that you can enjoy, I recommend this one around Halloween. It's a good gateway horror movie if you're someone who's uh, not used to horror. And that is going to be The House 
that dripped blood. <laughs> it was just that's a great name. <laughs> the house that dripped blood. Uh, it, it was just like it was like you, no one really put a whole lot of thought into that title, but it was it was cheesy. It was a cheesy movie about literally a house that was for rent and that all these strange things happen. So they had like four different stories that occur in this house. Uh, one of them being, of course, a vampire story, which is called The Cloak, a uh, cheesy low budget where this guy got a cloak from a uh, like little curio curiosity shop. And apparently whenever he puts it on, it changes him into a vampire. He doesn't even get bit. He just wears the cloak. Okay. Becomes a vampire. I know. Cheesy, low-budget story. Then Peter Cushing's The Wax Works, which uh, he was in it, and they, it's this weird one where they go into a wax museum. They're renting the, the house. They go into a wax museum. Somehow they fall in love with, or this, this, not that they fall in love with it, but there's this particular wax works of this woman who is just tragically beautiful and it calls to them and there's some murderer attached to it. So it, it gets really cheesy. And then Christopher Lee's, I think his segment, I forget what it was called, but it, it was, he's playing a dad where his daughter has these really weird powers and she's, he's trying to protect the world from his daughter, but no one understands that. So it's, it's, a, it's a weird kind of a thing. But that the house that drips blood, it's a good little gateway thing where you're getting close to the Halloween, make some popcorn, do some Halloween-themed food, and just watch how uh, craptastic it is. <laughs> that's, that's my word for the crapulence or craptastic. Sure. Uh, Would you say um, the movie, like, on its own merit, because I would imagine uh, any kind of anthology in that in that uh, genre would help, since they can be they can be kind of slow burners. Mm -hmm. uh, so the tendency is like there's a lot of scenes we can just cut out. They just whole cloth remove, and you oh. still get the you get the meat and potatoes. You don't need the veg mm -hmm. uh, for these movies. Do, those stories. Um, do you feel like these those uh, stand up? Are they a little? Are there parts you you do you would be on your phone for, or would you still be like? You expect you'll be invested. You know, I for the house that drips blood, uh, I do expect that you'll be invested because they're short stories. So it's it's a movie comprised of four different stories. So mm. you'll start being invested in them because you don't really want to miss the story and the ending of the story because it's going to come quick. So right. uh, you're going to be more invested in that one. And that's why I suggest uh, that one particularly because it's comprised of different stories. So it's not going to be this long continuous plot where after a while you're like, holy shit, you've had 13 times to kill this person. Why haven't you done it? You know, <laughs> or, on, or you're wondering what, where, where did the plot go? You know, <laughs> uh, in a much longer single story type of B movie, you get lost and it's like, what, what the fuck is happening? Like, no. Did the plot die? Is that the thing that got killed and thrown over the boat? Because, <laughs> you know, I'm lost. <laughs> no. And it's just one story. So I think with the shorter stories and then uh, weaving it into a movie, it's more entertaining. And then you get more bang for your buck because you get four little horror stories inside yeah. of one movie. So I think it's it's going to be great. Like I said, 
Halloween themed food, put on some bad costumes, you know, get some, you know, popcorn and just kind of do this as a good introduction for for B movies. Uh, but again, if you want to explore and do the Hammer films, I can't stop you. They'll, those are great crapulence right there. And I think me and you reviewed when we were doing VCR originally, reviewed quite a few Hammer films. Yeah, it was it, it was kind of a cool uh, education for me since I had hadn't seen many. I had watched I think one or two Hammer films just for being the dorky film student. I watched a few and, and watched them with that not a, even a critical eye. It was specifically just looking at a mechanics of movies, look how they did it kind of way, mm. um, and and look what was indicative of a certain time or certain genres. Yeah, but it was it was cool to sign up for and and, and to actually watch them. They are hard to, they're a little hard to get through, just narrative pacing has changed. Yeah. But they're still like, they're still interesting. They're still, uh, uh, in watching them, they are incredibly inspiring, more so than other genres and other, for me, other, uh, even more recent things. This is great on its own. This does not make me want to necessarily go make my own version of it or change yeah. it. I'm like, that's fine. It's done. It's, it's done. And, but and Hammer see, films were more inviting to play. Yeah, and seeing that you said that, you bring up two things because you're 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 right on it with like uh, mechanics and things like that. And uh, I was I keep I'll never forget how stunned me and you were, and we even talked about it for a couple of days. I think we we're watching Satanic Rite of Dracula, or what's also known as Brides of Dracula, depending on what country you're in. There was that scene where the two men go into that basement. And there's like 20 or 30 coffins and all these women pop out and they're, they're female vampires and, you know, they're like their breasts are exposed and they're being all like seductive vampire-y with all the hissing. And like these men barely get out. And the first thing that they do when they get out, no one calls the cops. No one does. They go to Van Helsing's house played by Peter Cushing. And he was yeah. just so, so loving about it. He's like, Oh my goodness, you were almost raped by vampires. Uh, would you like a bowl of broth? Or <laughs> Let me get you some nice stuff. You look shaken. What the yep. fuck? Yep. Like, uh, possibly anywhere else that, that could have gone more logically, no, I need some broth, right? Yep. I need some comfort food, damn it. It's Peter Cushing serving them in these broth bowls with the handles. Where the fuck? <laughs> See, it, it's, oh, it's a pacing thing because you it, the one runtime must be 120 minutes a movie today they would like uh, like van helsing vampires yes and he has a shotgun moving to next scene like yeah. that's like it's just a pacing this timing issue but it is also the most english thing in the world like oh you poor dear have some you, you poor <laughs> bastards uh vampire rape uh, you saw bosoms my word nasty thing nasty thing <laughs> you need you need some good beef broth let me get you a good beef broth and <laughs> that will just settle your nerves you know you you pour th all that all those boobies oh, <laughs> oh my god i like god. to believe like he he's just very proud of his broth and he was hoping there would say something <laughs> yeah. nice but you know what's sad about someone in that film made that choice <laughs> no one made a choice like no we're not going to the police we're not we're not calling the catholic church we're not, we're we're going to go with beef broth <laughs> yeah that's what we, that's what we need right now 
And that's the beauty of it, B movies is someone made that fucking decision on that set. I am going to assume it was it was Lee. Christopher yes. Lee was like, we're not Christopher Lee was like, everyone here has tried my broth. I you know, broth. when I'm terrified, <laughs> I I just love a good broth. Just just yeah. you know, my, mild that, broth. I would stop spices. whatever I'm doing and get broth. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, we're getting. But honestly, if Christopher Lee or Peter Cushing came out and offered me broth, I would fucking take it. I mean, yeah. yes, yes, thank you, thank, thank you. Sir. <laughs> I appreciate it. But I also I believe like he like Christopher Lee was absolutely the type who would just like he's not gonna let something be wrong. So, like, he would just, like no, I understand you want to get to back to the blood and guts, but you need some broth right now. And you're gonna yes. try huh. He like he famously had dressed down the director of Lord of the Rings. Fuck, what was his name? Oh, Peter Jackson. He, yeah, thank you. He, he dressed down Peter Jackson because he was directing somebody and they got stabbed in the back and they yelped out. I mean, this really just leads over like, that's not what it sounds like when a man is stabbed in the back. <laughs> Chris, well, what does yeah. it sound like? And they described in detail, oh no, when I stabbed the Nazi in the back and he didn't see my, my ass coming out of the shadows, this is the sound he made. And then he apologized for troubling me because I am fucking Christopher goddamn Lee. Uh. <laughs> goddamn Lee. Never uh, like you heard him change it. What the fuck? He's like, yes, stab this man again. I want to hear. <laughs> Poor bastard. You're but right, no, not doing it at all. Christopher <laughs> Lee is brilliant, which is again, which blows my mind that they did the did these films back then. But what what could you say? So yeah, I, but he like I bet he liked acting. Like I, no, I he really, did, he like, must have he yeah. must have clearly that's why you did it. Yeah, and so then, you're in, in a bunch of movies. Not all of them are going to be like high art. Not all of them are going to be like blockbusters. So I'm gonna be like, hey, we need let's make a movie. We'll make enough to make another one. That's enough reason to make a movie. Yeah. And I think the other absolutely amazing thing here is a one thing about B movies that if you start watching them, if you are an inspiring actor or an inspiring uh, director or a writer, it it really does give you inspiration. Like if you find a good B movie that you enjoy. And you can sit there and you can say, you know what? I can do that. <laughs> you know, it, it, it seriously gives you that kind of inspiration that you're like, hey, if they could have made this film, I can make this film. If they could have written that shit script, I can write a shit script, you know, and, and be somebody. So it's kind of inspirational to see some of these trash movies that have been made. And I don't want to call them all trash. That's disrespectful. But to see some of these movies that are made yeah. and then you're like, I can do that, you know? <laughs> yeah, however, however foolhardy that may be, not, not to belittle the, mo the movies that fall into... I think it's just it's just a bad name for the genre because and while plenty of bad movies fall into that genre, there are plenty of bad movies that fall under like his like historical drama. But we don't associate historical drama with bad. Plenty of them are bad. It, it, that's you know blockbusters. Some are good, many are bad. But B movie is the only one that gets like shoved into like and they're all not worth it because they fall into this category. And that's yeah, and that's not true because some some of the best. Like, again, the Hammer films, all of them B-movies. None of them were A-movies. All of them were B-movies. Yeah. But they were all entertainingly bad. And a lot they of them... were all bad. <laughs> no, well, yeah. true. True enough. But they were super entertaining and enjoyable. Yeah. So... Let, let me add another to the list. Of course, film student dropout. Another favorite of mine, and again, it skirts the line, but I think falls into it. Also, not a horror film, since that that's also kind of... Some people see that as a go-to thing for... For the B movie genre. Yes, that's true. 
but this was a explicitly directly made for the directive of uh, it, 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 it was Robert mm-hmm. Regan's first film, El Mariachi. That so, was it, an amazing film, too. Absolutely that really was. brilliant. Even though parts of it are like, at the end of it, like, uh, the guy loses his hand and he has, a, like, a robot hand. And it's mm-hmm. clearly just him with his, like, fingers spread in the middle, taped up with, uh, with gaffer tape. And he just goes, <laughs> to, so that he has a robot hand now. That's how this movie ends. Completely, everyone, completely ignored uh, once they brought Antonio Banderas in. But the movie is brilliant. It is... And... and his his films were just amazing but you're right el mariachi could fall into that that genre and it was yeah. it was brilliant it was blood it was and guts well, and it was low, like low budget <laughs> low budget know, passionate and the only goal was make enough money to make your next movie yeah we agree yeah. you can't do that well that that's oh, yeah. a big, that'll be a big chunk of the vcr now it'll just be us going like just crushing on a different auteur uh, actor director writer just like they're so cool. <laughs> It's, we our, were with this it's our it's our crushes, our artistic crushes. <laughs> artistic crushes, yeah. Yeah. I'm <clears throat> sure we can fit in a few adult stars as well. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I know some lovely people that uh that work in the cam show business that are endlessly entertaining. Well, you know what? Why not? We should interview some of those people once we get up and going in that aspect, you know. Sure. We just need to get a couple of decent recorders and, and go do that. Well, uh uh. You also can't be creepy. Who me? Mm-hmm. I, I know I can be creepy. That's the issue. No, I'm saying yeah. you can't. You have to be. You oh, have to be okay. No, <laughs> you have to be. Well, that, that's still an issue. I just appear, <laughs> and it's like, wow, that guy's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Delightful, like, charming, but creepy. <laughs> why are you dressed that way? It's raining. Why are you at the park? It's raining. <laughs> <laughs> just, damn it! I just wanted a fucking pizza from across the street. <laughs> Why? Why won't y'all leave me alone? <laughs> why is I just, I just want to live. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a wonderful plot for a B movie. Me and you should make. Actually, yeah. the the creeper. Like, why is it named that way? <laughs> I just wanted a pizza. And it's been just, a they just day. give off that aura of being very creepy, so everyone just kind of assumes the worst. Yeah, actually, a little um, uh, trucker, uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh my God, so good! In that so vein, where just everyone makes the assumption, and they're just really sorry that it's all going poorly. It was everything was an accident. They didn't mean anything. They didn't kill anybody, but it all looks like they did. I was like, "Oh, you poor bastards!" And they're just having a really shitty day. Uh, but yes, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That is a great one to watch. So that is our interpretation of B-movies and a few B-movie recommendations for you. Please go out and check those out and, and just hopefully appreciate a whole new genre of what the hell. You know? <laughs> what the hell did I just watch? Yeah, and, and don't let the, the name or the, even the reputation of it being a bad movie hold you back. Give it a shot. Watch, uh, watch a few. There are plenty of them that... Um, they are you can you can see that they are the fertile ground for where these uh giants in the industry came from you will see where they're the inspiration for this some of these and a lot of them are also going to be just goofy garbage that you can la- point and laugh at and that's fine too <clears throat> just don't don't tell roger corman there you go so until next time i'm vada i'm carlo and you've been watching or listening should i say to vcr okay
And if you have anything you would like to add, email us at thevcrshow at gmail.com. We will always love to read something from you, and we want to get your opinions. Let us know what you think of our recommendations, and we'd love to hear your recommendations, too. And we might feature it in an upcoming show. Yeah. And if you uh, review us on any of the possible iTunes or wherever you get your podcast app uh, reviews, we will add, uh, read them online give your, and say your name and everything. Uh, if it's, you know, interesting, an interesting review. You go like, I liked it. Two stars. No, we're not going to read that. <laughs> Be pithy. I, 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 I might read it if it's the only one we got. But. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, there's that. Written by Carlo Magagna. I like it. <laughs> I listened to an episode. I liked it. I didn't turn it off. <laughs> I misspelled my own name on it. This <laughs> like, Carlo, I know this was you. <laughs> so until next time, this is us signing off. Take care, enjoy, and have fun. Bye-bye. You were listening to VCR, creative content by Richard Christopher Bada and Carlo Manuel Magana. The logo is created by Richard Christopher Bada with assistance from Annie Ramirez. The theme song is The Messenger by Silent Partner and can be found on YouTube Sound Library. <laughs>